Welcome to the Weight Loss and Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I have an extra special guest on the podcast. I have the amazing Megan Ladd on the podcast today. She is the joy coach. And before introducing her, I just need her to tell us all about what she does. So Megan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And yeah, I'm the joy coach. So I help driven coaches and entrepreneurs take the pressure off themselves and find more joy in their work and in their lives. Mm, I love that so much. And before we were kind of like, um, like in the introduction, when we were just chatting before the, before we started recording, you were saying that you do for coaches and entrepreneurs, what I do with women in weight loss. So tell me a bit about that. Yes. So people who, you know, are really smart and self-aware and have had a certain way of operating their whole lives. And it's worked maybe certain coping mechanisms up until a certain point, but kind of reaching that tipping point where they decide, I don't want to settle for this anymore. Right. And so even if, you know, in your instance, you could probably speak to this more, but if someone has had a certain relationship with food that it's provided comfort, or it's really served them in a certain way, reaching that point where they want to make a shift. For me, it's business owners who have put a lot of pressure on themselves and Mm. use that pressure to drive them forward Mm. and usually accomplish quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but then reaching that point where they want more ease, they want more joy and satisfaction on a day-to-day basis, not just when they have the big money wins or they hit their big goals. So really making the process enjoyable. So it's sustainable. And I love that your approach is permanent weight loss, right? It's not restriction and it's really coming into this beautiful relationship with yourself and food. That's kind of what I do with business owners in how they relate to their work and their businesses. Mm. Oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. And what I really loved about that was that you said that they've got to enjoy the process. And that's like so related to weight loss as well, because so many of my clients have been in like in that diet mentality because for decades we've been taught that we need to restrict ourselves to be able to get to the result and that shows up in business and in kind of other goals as well it's kind of like you've got to work hard to get the result right you've got to like really like you know like force yourself to get there but actually like the way we teach it is you don't need to force yourself to get there you can yeah. enjoy the process and it can actually be something that you choose and that is actually dealing with that natural internal desire that yes. you're having. So it's not like oh false pleasure through through food yeah. or alcohol or, or like even like, you know, like the dopamine hit of social media or or yes. even like overworking with some of your clients, right? Oh, it's kind of like that, that deep internal pleasure of actually, what is this? This is what is this solving for me? So, so many of my clients, it, it's kind of they want some peace. They want yes. some like accomplishment or joy. And that's what the food is giving them. So when they can do that for themselves without the food, that's where. The yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I love that you spoke to desire, too, because that is such an important focal point for me as well, where it's 
it's almost like I think of it as upgrading your fuel source, which I'm sure that really ties into food, right? Where it's like beyond the dopamine hit that you might get or the immediate comfort, Mm -hmm. it's tapping into something deeper. And that can look like so many things, but an example is feeling proud of yourself. Mm. That's one of the best feelings, right? And it's like, you know, in the business world, there's the dopamine hit of signing a new client. And of course that feels amazing. Mm. But if you're only holding on to that, there's so many opportunities in between where you could be feeling mm. really good. And then, you know, going back to enjoying the process, if you're finding these other ways, like even just enjoying the way you're running your business, mm. that taps into a deeper fuel source that doesn't run out, right? It's not like you're just sprinting in between clients that you sign and like miserable in between. You actually are excited to show up regardless of those external results. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure this is just with your clients too. Ironically, your external results come much easier, but it, it can feel like that's not the case when you're kind of used to that, like pushing and forcing mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Oh my gosh, I, I, I love that so much because most people think that I need to get the weight loss or sign the clients to show that I have achieved the result. But actually weight loss or signing a client, they're lagging indicators, right? They happen right at the end. And there's so many little wins along the way that if we fail to feel proud of ourselves, then we don't actually allow ourselves to feel proud when we get the weight loss or sign the client. 100%. Oh my god! And then we just delay the pleasure. We keep then delaying that joy right? Because we keep thinking, I will be proud when, or I will feel joy when, but actually, if you don't allow yourself to feel joy and pleasure along the way, then it's just, even when you get there, it's kind of like, okay, now what, what do I mean? Totally, (laughs) totally. And I've felt that, you know, in the past as well. And I wonder if you have too, just speaking to it with so much empathy, Mm. it's just like, you get to that thing that you've been working so hard for, kind of a letdown. Maybe you feel great for a day or two, Mm -hmm. but then it's only a matter of time when you're in that cycle before your brain's like, now what, what's the next goal? Mm -hmm. And it's just like chasing a carrot, right? It never feels like enough and it's just not satisfying. It's not fun. So Mm. tapping into that desire and those wins along the way. Oh my gosh. It's like, I think of those as like fuel stops, right? Like every time you actually soak in the little wins, it's like supercharging yourself. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Like I was just talking to my, I was just on a group coaching call just before this. And we were talking about how, how uncomfortable it is to say nice things to ourselves. So I was just talking about how my new practice is going for a walk by myself and talking to myself the whole way about how proud I am of myself or what's been going on in the, in my life that I'm really like um, enjoying or that I'm like, you know, whatever I want other people to say to me, I say that to myself on the walk. And it's I like love really that. strange, but like, I love it. Like sometimes it's a bit weird. Like other people are watching me on the wall and they're like, <laughs> is she talking to herself? What? But, um, oh uh, you know, like people think that, okay, talking to yourself, is a sign of madness and things like that. So often <laughs> we don't do that, but like, it's so important to know that the person that we talk to the most is ourself, right? We talk oh to ourselves gosh. in our brain so much. What would it be like if we intentionally like showed ourselves how important we are and what we want to hear from others? We tell ourselves so far. I love that. I love that you're doing that too. And I've done something similar where I did it as a nightly practice for a long time where I just was flexing my being proud of myself muscle because (laughs) at a time it was fairly non-existent. And I was just writing down every night, three things I was proud of myself for that weren't achievement related. And that was really 
surprisingly challenging, especially at first, because I was so used to, if I was proud of myself, it had to be tied to something I had done or created. Mm-hmm. So I, I was kind of upping the ante on it for myself. Like, what are ways that I have been today? Like my way of being that I'm proud of, was I kind to someone? Was mm-hmm. I kind to myself? Did I follow through on something? Like just looking for these things. And thankfully I found it is a muscle, right? Like, like you're doing it on your walk. You're like moving your body and also working out your mind. Right. And like practicing, like building that ability to be proud of yourself on purpose. And then it gets easier and easier, but I wish this was taught in like kindergarten, (laughs) you know, maybe nowadays it is. I hope in the future, it's just like, as kids, you're so tuned in already and you kind of learn how to be as you get older from like people around you. So I'm like, man, what a beautiful thing of kids from such a young age, you could just like practice that. And I'm sure you model that too. And like, your kids are so lucky. Right. But it's like a beautiful way to be with yourself. And like you said, you're with you forever, right? You hear your own thoughts and you're in that. It's the one relationship you're guaranteed to be in forever. Yes. I mean, I, I just like, can't talk about that enough like so many of my clients don't want to do it for themselves but what they Mm. do is they want to they're they're like so so used to giving to others to doing for others and as women we get socialized to believe that we are only worthy when we are doing things for others right and so we're in that constant hustle cycle let me just do it oh let me just people please oh the more I do for others the more like worthy I am and and it's kind of just like when we are able to break that and like do things for ourselves and actually teach our children this generation changing tool of like, it's okay to be proud of yourself. It's okay to do things for yourself. It's okay to have alone time and, you know, say, actually, no, I, I'd rather not. Thank you. That yeah. is everything, right? Yes. Mm. Oh my gosh. And like you said to breaking out of that cycle, like when we detach the worthiness from what mm. we're doing, again, the irony is that the people in our lives benefit when we are well taken care of, right? When we have cups that are overflowing. And so at first it can feel like selfish, right? It's like, oh, I'm so used to being in this way and I want to give, 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 but truly, you know, I'm not a parent yet, but I have to imagine that one of the best things you can do for a kid is just be in a really great spot mentally, physically, emotionally yourself, right? Mm. It's like such a beautiful thing to just see the people around you thriving. And then Mm. remembering the same thing applies to you too. So it is a win-win. Sometimes I'll use that, you know, when someone's really in that mindset of worthiness equals doing things for Mm -hmm. others equals performing, Mm -hmm. it can kind of be like a gateway thought. It's like, okay, well, just consider this before we're fully on board mentally with I get to honor me and that is okay. And that's not selfish. Mm-hmm. Just consider that taking care of yourself also serves your family. It's kind of like a way to get the brain on board. If it feels resistant at first. Yeah. And as we start to like untangle those beliefs around, like I'm only as good as, you know, how I show up for others or what I put mm-hmm. out into the world. Yeah. I love that so much because I think so many of my clients, they struggle with um, like finding natural joy in other mm. things in their life and it's because they they're so used to like other people being the focus yeah celebrations being around food and alcohol um the social media like let's just just scroll or let's just watch the other netflix episode so it's basically a lot of like that false pleasure so yes. how can they start like um, bringing a little bit of joy into their lives that natural joy 
without like um whilst living a normal like life yeah <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean integrating yes without yeah. going like on a six-month retreat yeah. somewhere like going, <laughs> moving to Bali right it's yeah like, I love that that's such a good question so one of my favorite ways to start uncovering that is to think back to when you were a kid Mm -hmm. And just when you kind of came into this world, like age five or below, even if you can remember how you liked to play mm -hmm. and like elementary school age can be helpful too. like almost, you know, if you've heard that quote, like, who were you before the world told you who you were supposed to be? Right. Yeah. It's like before that was imprinted on us. What was just the way that you, even if it was playing with blocks, right? Maybe you like building something. And I loved playing school, right? And it's interesting seeing how that kind of shows up in your work if it does. Yeah. But even now, like sometimes I will create things and I don't even end up using them. Like I'll create a worksheet or something. And most of the time I put them out into the world, but mm -hmm. just the act of creating something and outside of work, because I love my work and a lot of my clients love their work. So it's important to, you know, find joy outside of it too, is I will come up with a recipe or I will just create something just for the fun of it. But that's kind of rooted in, I looked back at, oh, we used to love like just making things in the kitchen, right? Or like, what were those things that just sparked your interest way back when? And then what you can do kind of practically is just find a modern day equivalent. That's just a short little 20 minute version of that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so maybe that is just finding a new recipe and trying something, but I always encourage like under promise and over deliver to yourself. So don't, mm -hmm. you know, if you're like, I used to love painting and then you schedule like seven painting classes and then you feel totally overwhelmed, doesn't fit in your schedule. You don't show up to the first one. You feel like a failure. Like we want to just ease in. So I would kind of connect back to something that you used to love to do. Find a modern day equivalent that fits into your life mm -hmm. and just start really small. Notice how you feel afterwards, because it will be a different kind of feeling than the false pleasure, mm. right? You'll feel actually more replenished afterwards. Mm -hmm. It will often unlock something different in you, a feeling of creativity mm -hmm. or just your mind feeling more at ease because you're fully present on the task. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you to kind of start small and just see how you feel, pay attention afterwards. Mm, I love that so much because I see it with my kids all the time. Like my kids are five and nearly seven and wow. they're at that age, you know, where they're so creative and they're so proud of themselves all the time. And it's like, you know, everything is just kind of, um, the world is at, at what's the word uh, what's the way of saying it oh they're oyster, they're the oyster. exactly yes. yeah and so I think oh wow wouldn't it be like so fun to just kind of like you know um think of myself in that kind of at that kind of age and so I kind of like try and remember myself like what what did I do then I I think I liked um looking after people then I used to do a lot of you know mummies and daddies and I used to do a lot of creation and and I never thought of myself as a creative person before like I always used to shame myself as not I'm not creative and now I think of myself I'm so creative in my work right yeah so how things change when you can just unlock it and be like oh it doesn't have to be in the in the like traditional ways of art or you know, cooking or anything, you can be creative in any way you want. Yes. You know, an example that's coming to mind as you say that mm. is I have always really enjoyed like beautifying spaces. Mm. And that's not like a 
if someone's like, what are your hobbies? I'm not like, yeah. I, I organize spaces, right? Like I'm your bookshelf is beautiful. It's got like in color, it's like all lovely in color. So when I'm like sharing the, the snippet, I'm going to share that so people can see it. So nice. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, this is a great example. It's so funny. So the first place my husband and I ever lived together, we like came up with this together. We just had fun. The second place we moved he unpacked the bookshelf and did it before because he was excited to do it. And this yeah. time when we moved here, I did it. Cause I'm like, this is so satisfying. Yes. Honestly, it brings me so much joy and it can be those non-traditional things. Like there's something about arranging a bookshelf to me that it just makes me present. It's fun. It taps into something different, but that's kind of like a non-traditional thing, right? That's not like, what do you do for fun? Again, it's find these things where you feel present, where you feel relaxed, right? Mm. For some people, it's like gardening, right? That can be like inquire, you know, inquiring minds can go within and you're just doing something kind of mindless, but it feels Mm. satisfying because you have the immediate gratification of seeing your yard. So really, and if you have a hard time, you know, thinking back, you can always ask family members too, or anyone who is a close childhood friend who is in your life. Like, do you remember how we used to play or what did I used to do after school? Right. And just kind of find those things. It's almost like you said that five to seven, even age, it's like, you're looking through the world with these fresh eyes and it's such Mm. a magical time. Oh, I love that so much. Like I was just thinking like, um, as a child, I loved nature. And then there was a, like in my, in my adulthood, I would hardly do anything in nature. It was very much like, okay, you're a doctor, you you know, go, 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 go. You don't have any time for anything else, you know, all of that. And then becoming a coach, I'm like, oh, actually I want to reconnect with some of that. So like, you know, just going for a walk every day, it feels so nourishing, like nourishing your mind and your body together. And actually it genuinely brings me so much joy. And I never thought I was a nature person. Um, yes. There's so much beauty around where I live. And I live in, you know, the suburbs of London. So it's not like it's like very green or anything. Yeah. But there's so much beauty even here, right? When you look yes. for it. So good. That's such a good point too, because I think, so I used to live in San Diego mm. and sometimes people would be like, well, it's easy for you to enjoy like, <laughs> by, right. Cause you're surrounded by yeah. beaches and stuff, yeah. but what you're saying is so true. You can find it if you look for it anywhere. Mm. Right. And even just something as simple as going for a walk, that reminds me of like, talk about sustainable approach to health, mm. right. Prime example, finding a way to move your body that you're yes. not just doing it to get to one goal, right? You're not just like, I'm trying to lose weight for this vacation. Mm. So I'm just going to power through for the next few months. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, this can actually become a part of your day that you genuinely enjoy that sustainable long-term. And it's like bringing that joy in. I, I just love that. Oh my gosh, when you said that, it reminded me of something um, that I heard once um, about goals and intentions. So when you're setting Mm. a goal, you want to set a goal to actually achieve that goal. But when you're only focusing on the goal, you're not setting the intention of how you want to get to that goal. And so so how so many of us are like brought up is like, okay, just somehow get there. I don't know how, but we're going to get there no matter what. Or we can try a new way where we get to decide how we want to get there. Yes. And so many of us, we don't know that that's even an option. So like my, the women who come through the program, they're very much like, oh no, no, I've never enjoyed weight loss. I've never enjoyed, you know, like the way I eat my food or whatever it may be. And to actually just open your mind to maybe it's possible that there is going to be a way that I can feel my body and love the process 
just being open to that, that's when you're going to be able to notice all the ways that it could be like that for yourself, right? That's so good. That's so important too, is that openness. I think that's all it takes Mm. when someone I'm sure is coming into your program or just considering a new way of being in their business. It's like, you don't even have to fully believe it yet because of course your brain has all this evidence for this other way that it is kind of mind blowing to consider. It can be fun or even enjoyable, Mm. but if you're open, if you're just willing to see it differently, you know, as coaches, we let people rely on our belief too. We're like, if you, if there's that trust there and you can, you know, speak to your experience, you have evidence of working with other clients, but it's like, as long as you're just willing to try a different approach, Mm. what I tell people too, is once you start feeling actually how good it can be, of course, then your brain's going to have more evidence. It's going to build momentum. It's going to become easier and easier. You will be fully on board. And then eventually it'll just be your reality. But I love letting people just rely on our belief in the beginning too, of like, it really can be different. You just have to be open. That's Mm -hmm. all it takes. And so it's so interesting because the other way often isn't working for them, which is why they are drawn to our work or, you know, um, reading our posts or things. So they know that the other way isn't working, but often they're very scared to allow themselves to believe a new, a new way. What would you say to them? So if they're not able to uh, like, you know, lean on our belief in them in that, in that time, what could they be like thinking about in that time? Yeah. Another kind of shortcut or kind of gateway to like bridge that gap of like, is this really possible? I think there's this little opening where I don't want to do it this way anymore, but it still feels so far-fetched is I loved for people to find a reference point of a micro moment where maybe they got a little feeling it was possible. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have weight loss examples, but in business, like I'll use an example where I'm like, was there ever a time where things just flowed in your business Mm. or if that's too hard in your life, in your relationship, Mm -hmm. do you have any evidence point ever where you taking the pressure off and finding joy in the process actually created a better result? And most people can find that even if it's not related to the topic we're coaching on. So weight loss or in their business, it might be, you know what, there was this time where I was with my kid And I was feeling really, really tense. And I wanted to leave the house by this time. And then once I actually just like took that pressure off and relaxed and tuned into them, we were out the door in five minutes. Oh, that's an example of a time where I de-stressed and I actually got the result I wanted and everyone was happier. And so if we can find those little moments in our brains, that can be enough to be like, this does make sense. It makes sense to me that feeling good can create better results. Mm. Oh my goodness. That is so powerful in the weight loss and in the kind of like health industry, because so many people get taught that pain is gain. If you're not like, um, you know, like basically hurting yourself, then you are doing it wrong. Um, And, and so so much of what I teach my clients is how to nourish your mind and your body. Mm. And so when you're nourishing yourself, what does it feel like? Like when I think of the word nourish, I think of Uh. like, oh, it feels so amazing. You feel so energetic. You feel so like, you know, like you've got everything that you need. And so what would it be like if you were able to eat that way, if you were able to move that way, if you were able to think that way? And of course, it's not always going to be like that. But what you want to do is is kind of like allow yourself to have 
pockets of that so that yeah. you are like as you said you've got evidence of oh hold on maybe it's possible and then you can lean on that to keep kind of like the momentum going right yes oh my gosh and just as you were saying too like there's going to be tough moments it reminded me of something else I wanted to touch on because I yeah. feel like you speak to this too it's almost like there's this distinction between there's going to be moments where you are challenged, right? So if you're maybe overcoming a craving or if you're putting yourself out there in your business in a way that's outside of your comfort zone, mm. you will be challenged, but there's a difference between that and like challenging yourself on purpose and struggling. Yeah. And I know that you've, you've kind of mentioned like you dropped the struggle, right. And you felt this like resistance and everything. And I, I feel that so much with my clients and in, in my life, I felt that too, of like, there's a difference between the pain of struggling and like pushing yourself and powering through and relying on willpower and it being hard, like that distinction versus like, I love a productive work session, right? Yes. Or I like, I've learned to really like putting myself out there for a long time. I was really uncomfortable on video, but it's something I wanted. So I kind of leaned into the heart of that. Right. So I, I just feel like that's such an important distinction too, for both of our work. It's like, yes. You can do hard things and there can be great satisfaction in that. And there will be challenging moments so different than struggle. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing because I'm like, I often talk about if there's discomfort either way, there's the discomfort yes. of staying the same and like struggling and not knowing a way out. And then there's the discomfort of growth and that discomfort of growth can be uncomfortable, but you know, you are growing, you know, you're like, like stretching your brain, you know, that you're stretching your capacity to grow and evolve into the next version of you. And that is like amazing. So which, which discomfort do you choose? And most people choose the discomfort of growth, right? Because they know yeah. that it's helping them get to that version of themselves that they want to evolve into. Yeah. I think putting it that way is so powerful too, because again, most of us just don't naturally think that way, mm. but it's like, oh, if I'm going to feel stretchy yes. either way, if I'm going to feel uncomfortable either way, I might as well, like you said, choose the one that supports where I want to go. Yeah. And I, I think that's just putting it all on the table like that. It's hard not to choose the growth. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of people and my former self included, like didn't really consider that before that mm. it's almost like, um, unconsciously choosing the discomfort right mm. up until now. And I think there is this inflection point of like realizing it's not working. Like you said, there there's often some awareness of the pain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that can be so important. I find for wanting to make the change, and at that point, bringing on the table. So yeah, you realize this is uncomfortable. Here's another alternative. Yes. And I think even just being honest with people, yes, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be times where it's so tempting to go back to your old way. Mm -hmm. These are the moments where the rubber meets the road and we like double down on who yes. you're becoming. It's like, I always appreciate and have appreciated when coaches are upfront about that too, right? Because otherwise my brain is so skeptical. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. And sometimes like I tell my clients that like, yeah, um, you know, it's uncomfortable, like where you are right now. And, yeah. you know, when going through the program, there are going to be times where it's going to be uncomfortable too, because we're dealing with all of the reasons why you, you know, have been numbing out with, um, you know, uh, food or alcohol, but yeah what you who you become on the other side of that of being willing to feel that discomfort is like 
I, I can't even describe how proud you are going to feel of yourself and how accomplished you are going to feel because you have been willing to go through that discomfort, yeah. that negative emotion that you have been trying to numb out for so long. So it's like so powerful to be like, yeah. you know what? I actually have the, the, the capacity to be able to feel all of these things that I thought I wasn't even able to kind of touch for so long. And that yes. is everything when they, when they're able to see that. Right. Oh my gosh. And then it just unlocks so much energy too, right? Because you're not pushing all of that emotion down. Cause that does take yeah. energy. Sometimes I'll describe it like um, an app that's open on your phone in the yeah. background that you don't realize you haven't closed out of mm. and it's draining your battery and you have no idea. Right. Yeah. But then once you bring those emotions to the surface or, you know, with a lot of my clients, there is that worthiness tied into productivity mm. And that can be intense to bring up to the surface, but it's like, it's always been there. Just like you said, whatever people are numbing out with food and alcohol, the underlying thing is there and it's just siphoning off energy, mental energy, emotional energy, physical Mm -hmm. energy, as long as it's present. So it's kind of like the putting the bandaid on, you know, if you're just covering it up with those quick dopamine hits versus Mm -hmm. actually unearthing it, right. It's like, there's a freedom in that there's an energy that opens up and it's like, you feel powerful. Mm. What would you say to people who are like a little bit afraid of feeling joy? Because mm-hmm. I know that there's um, a lot of my clients who don't allow themselves to enjoy themselves too much because they're a little bit afraid of joy. And they often, when we talk about it, they feel like I shouldn't be enjoying myself so much or um you know, I should be working harder. Like it shouldn't be this easy. So what would you say to people who are going through something like that? Yeah, this is honestly such a common thing too. And it's feeling almost like distrusting of the feeling of joy or like when's the other Mm -hmm. shoe going to drop Mm -hmm. or, you know, a lot of people can feel like if they let themselves really relax and lean into joy, things are going to fall apart. Mm. It's like, they are used to like staying on top of things. Like people have even said, what if I just become this like couch potato and lose all motivation to work? Right. Mm. And ironically, what ends up happening is they have more energy, more motivation, but it can feel so real. It can feel real. Like everything is going to, as I know, it is going to fall apart when I let myself relax into this. So an easy way to practice is when you naturally feel good, which will happen, there will be things in your life. It could be a sweet moment with a family member. It could be getting a nice card in the mail. It could be a comment on a post. Like even if it's these little dopamine hits, right? These little things, when you naturally feel good, the practice is staying in that feeling longer. Mm-hmm. Most of us, something good happens and our brains are like, Boop, don't need that onto the next, right? Mm-hmm. But if we can elongate that moment, what we're actually doing is flexing our joy muscle, just like the self pride muscle, right? We're getting more comfortable with the feeling. And that is more realistic for people than going from like zero to hundred, right? If you haven't been letting yourself bask in the good feeling, if you try to just stay in it for a really long time, it it's going to like make your skin crawl. Mm. But if you have this moment and let's just say, let's just say a friend says something nice to you and it just, it's a, a heart centered compliment. You just know they mean it. You feel so much love for them. I would just stay in the feeling of love for this friend appreciation for them. As long as you can like pushing yourself. This is like an example of the discomfort, right? It might be a little uncomfortable. Just take it like a few seconds beyond what's comfortable. Mm. And, you know, 
in coaching, we talk about it like we have an upper limit, right? And so you have a limit on how good you can stand it. Everyone has one. Mm-hmm. And naturally, when we surpass that limit, our brain finds a way to bring it back down to the comfort point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our natural set point. Thankfully, our upper limits can be raised. It's not something that's permanent, right? And so your joy muscle is something, again, that can be flexed, that can be developed and expanded. Mm-hmm. So if it feels uncomfortable for you, I would just start, again, start small in those moments where you naturally feel good, first of all, looking for them is a great exercise. Like mm-hmm. if I were giving someone an assignment, right. My, I have, um, my clients tend to like love homework. <laughs> I, I work with a lot of like former good students. So they're always yeah. like, give me an assignment. Oh right? my gosh. And my so- clients are the same because they're, <laughs> they're very much like perfectionists and, yes. and like, you know, a star students and they want to kind of like, you know, um, yes. be perfectionistic in their weight loss as well. So yeah, exactly the same, um, <laughs> yeah, same type. And yeah. I was like that too. And you probably were like that yeah. too. So we like attract those people. Right. And I think that kind of structure can be so healthy too. When you're mm-hmm. learning something new, it's like something to hold on to is like the structure of a program. Mm-hmm. Um, But if I were giving someone an assignment, even if I said, look for those moments and stay in them longer, just know that you looking for them is already flexing that muscle because normally, like I said, most of us just have blinders onto it and we're just focused on the next goal, focus on the next thing to fix. So if you start looking for them, if you start sitting in them and you could take it a step further and at the end of the day, list out a few things, list out three things that brought you joy that day, you are expanding your capacity to feel joy. Mm, And just adding to that, you're creating safety in your nervous system that it's okay for you to feel joy and that that it's not dangerous and that nothing's going to happen and that it's okay, it's safe to feel a positive emotion. Like I love that. That's so oh, important. So good. Oh my gosh. I have loved this conversation. Me too. Sure my, my clients are like absolutely like freaking out with so much like excitement <laughs> right now. And so much joy. Yay. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yay. Okay. So if you had to give some like closing, um, you know, last minute um, pieces of advice to my clients, what would you uh, want to offer? Mm. I would just want to offer the possibility, you know, and people see your journey and, you know, they're thinking about your program or they see my journey or hear about my program. And I would say if there's any part of you that just has that opening we talked about, that's like, is this possible? And you're considering it. I would just encourage you to lean in, right? It's like, you're at that pivotal point where you're open, which means that change is available to you and you wouldn't even be considering it if it wasn't. But it's like that initial, like, trust that instinct that a better way is available because it really, really is. Yes. And just adding to that, it feels like sometimes you don't even know your capacity for joy, for like achieving a goal because you haven't done it yet. But when you're open to that, you are capable of so much more than you think you are. And that, my friends, blows my mind every single time. Like when you think like... (laughs) Well, sometimes when I, when I think that, oh, oh no, I'm so tired. I'm not going to be able to work today. And then I have the best work day and I'm like, what? (laughs) how is that even possible? And it just keeps proving that, oh, I'm capable of so much more than I think that I'm capable of. And when I'm open to that, when I can just lean into that, oh, maybe it's possible. That's when everything opens up. Is it the floodgates open up? Is that the the word? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what it feels like. Oh my gosh. Megan, it's been so lovely having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Can you please let us know how we can hear more about you? 
Sure. Well, you can find me online. So I hang out on Instagram at Meglad, M-E-G-L-A-D-D. Or you could head over to my website. I have some freebies at Megan, M-E-G-A-N-L-A-D-D.com. Amazing. Oh my gosh. That is so, so useful. So I'll definitely put all of that in the show notes so that they, they can um, go straight to uh, and find you. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate all of your wisdom and hope to speak to you soon. Same here. Thank you for having me. No problem. Bye. Bye. For more free resources and for information on how to work with me, visit www.amruticoaching.com. Dot com.